0: Do you ever feel overwhelmed, stressed out, anxious, and stuck trying to make a decision, think through a problem, or come up with some creative idea? If so, on the show today, I want to give you a simple three-step process you can do in five to ten minutes, which will allow you to slice right through all that stress, overwhelm, procrastination, or feeling stuck, and make a very clear logical, analytical, well thought through decision so that you can get going doing the thing that you want to do. So if you want a simple process for making the best decisions and doing the best thinking or processing ever in the history of decision making, (laughs) I encourage you to keep on listening. Hi, I'm Joseph Olschlager. And what you're about to experience is a brand new approach toward optimizing your health wellness, and fitness so that you can fully thrive in both business and in life. But get ready, because we're going against industry norms and we're saying no to hacks, shortcuts, fad diets, and tunnel vision on physique and appearance. And saying yes to simple, timeless principles of health and wellness to build a clear, powerful mind, a strong, capable body, and resilient vitality. So you can go get out there and fully pursue your purpose, maximize your impact, and live a deeply fulfilling, satisfying life. Welcome to the Optimized for Impact Podcast. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Optimize for Impact podcast. On today's show, I wanna pivot a little bit, a little bit from talking mostly about the basic principles of health, those things such as movement slash fitness, nutrition, and recovery, kind of the big three of health, right? How you move, how you eat, and how you recover. Now, today, we're still gonna discuss some health principles, but it's gonna be at a nuance connected to a different level of creating impact and living a high performance, deeply fulfilling life. Because today we're talking about our mindset, specifically thought processes, how we can optimize our decision making or problem solving thought processes using a few very simple health techniques or strategies. So on the show today, I wanna give you a simple process or routine to try using if you ever feel mentally stuck on a decision or need to think through some complex thoughts, ideas, or big life directions that you may be wrestling with. And this process is one that I've used to help me come up with the best decision that I can and move forward get out of that zone of feeling stuck now I don't know about you but I tend to be an overthinker Uh aha and I can get very easily stuck especially making decisions that I feel are a big deal something that is pivotal it feels like it's going to really change the direction that my life is going to go and I can often obsess about that decision for far too long and oftentimes in life I think the worst mistake we can ever make is just not making a decision, not taking action and not moving the ball forward. Because I have found oftentimes that action provides greater clarity. And so sometimes you just have to make a decision, try something and then course correct later. But so 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 many times it's so easy to get stuck making that big decision. And so I've wrestled with this over the last year. And today, I want to share with you this simple three step thing that I've used, the simple three step process that I've used to move past, to get unstuck when I'm resting something in my mind, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, when I'm feeling stressed out, when I just don't know what to do, whether it's a problem at work or a decision to make in life. This is what I have used to really help me get through that, reduce the stress, reduce the anxiety, and make the best decision that I possibly can. Now, Why does this matter? Why are we talking about it on this podcast? Well, critical thinking, logical thinking, being able to think in a clear comprehensive manner is essential. If you want to be a high impact, highly influential person, if you want to grow as a leader, if you want to create the most positive impact that you can in the lives of other people. And ultimately, if you want to chase your dreams, chase your goals and live, a life that is deeply fulfilling and deeply meaningful to you. Being able to think and make decisions logically, clearly, critically, and sometimes quickly is an essential skill to be that type of person. And so on this show, we are talking about not just health, wellness and fitness for're living a high-impact life, but we're also going to go sometimes a little bit deeper, down to the next level, which is our mindset, and which is our thinking processes or mental frameworks. And that's what the show is about today. Now, quick story. As I alluded to earlier, over the past two years, my life has posed me many big questions that has oftentimes left me feeling overwhelmed, stressed out and stuck. Graduated college, uh, to give you the very short version of this, graduated school about about two years ago now. And the dream or the goal that I had when I went into college uh, years and years ago, when I hit the point of graduation, I did some internships and realized, as many people do, "Oh my goodness, that's not actually the world that I want to go into." And so this posed a massive pivot because I had so many years prepping me and building me to go into the specific sphere, and all of a sudden I realized, like, that's I that's not what I want to do, and so that. <laughs> has opened up some incredible opportunities, some incredible new experiences, some incredible new shifts and pivots into my life, uh, this podcast being one of them. But there was a lot of anguish and a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety and a lot of worry making some of these life pivotal life directional decisions. Sometimes there still is. But what I wanna share with you today, this little process I have found has, allowed me to really relax, see all my options, move forward, take action, and be able to make those pivots and get going, doing the things I want to do and create an impact that I want to create. Okay, so what we're gonna be talking about today is this process. But before we get into it, we need to first cover two things, because this process, our decision making is directly tied to our nervous system. Now, I went to school for exercise science and nutrition, and so for me, the nervous system is something that we talked quite a bit about, and I understand maybe you, unlike me, were just not passionate about your nervous system. You may not know all the ins and outs. I am no expert, but I know probably more than most people ever wanna hear about. So before we get in, we're gonna give a quick high-level overview of two of the major aspects or parts of your nervous system because this will be important to understand why it impacts your decision making, your stress levels, the ability to process information, and why the three things this three step process I'll reveal why those actually influence the nervous system, and then why that allows you to make better decisions and come up with better ideas. Okay, so nervous system 101. There are two major aspects of the nervous system, or the response it can create in the body. There's the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. Now, what these two things are, they are what changes the state that your body is running at. Sympathetic is your fight and flight. It's your get up and go system. It's your get stuff done. While the parasympathetic is your relax, recover, rebuild, rejuvenate, and prepare for the next get up and go moment, which is the sympathetic system. So when the sympathetic system, or some people say when you have increased sympathetic tone, what that means is that your heart rate is increasing, these are like the changes that happen in the body heart rate increases, your body prepares your sugar stores for use, just like if you were going to a CrossFit workout, right, your body would be getting you ready to go or going for a run. It's gonna be opening up your lungs and your airways so you can get more oxygen into your muscles and system. And then it'll be dialing down things like digestion, systems that it doesn't actually need when you are getting ready to do something, perform, run, move, give a speech. It's gonna divert all those resources to get you ready to do the thing that you are getting a little excited or worried in a good way sometimes to do. Okay, so that's what happens when you increase the sympathetic system. Parasympathetic system is basically the opposite. When your body triggers your parasympathetic or it dials up para and reduces sympathetic, your heart rate's going to come down. Your blood pressure pressure will probably come down. This is going to tell your body to go back to digesting your food, getting those nutrients in your body. It's going to be storing sugar, putting them back in the muscles, the liver and you're going to feel much more calm and relaxed. Now, here's where this connects to our topic, which is making decisions, processing information and coming up with awesome solutions. When you're in an increased state of stress or sympathetic system tone, you are going to generally rely more on intuition rather than analytical thinking. You'll go typically more toward habit, what you've done in the past, rather than making decisions in line with your goals and your dreams. And you'll also high sympathetic tone distorts your ability to generate alternatives. And this is important because when the sympathetic system engages, we'll talk about this a little bit later, it narrows your focus. It actually does it optically in your eyes, but it does it too in your brain, where it hones your focus in on like one thing. And the goal of that is to focus on the threat, the thing that you are getting ready to take down, fight or do, right? And it's gonna divert all your attention to a few things. And the problem with making decisions is oftentimes there are so many options, maybe sometimes a little overwhelming, right? Like we wish there were fewer, but there are many options. One of those is gonna be the best one for you. But if you're so stressed out that you're only seeing option A and option B, instead of when you're calmer and you can see A, B, C, D, E, F, G, it'll reduce and might prevent you from making the actual decision. that's going to be the best for you. So that's why the sympathetic system can inhibit making good, logical, well thought through ideal decisions rather than snap decisions based on our emotion or past habits. Okay, so this gets to the meat of this episode, which is how do we then, how do we optimize our decision-making process, optimize our ability to process information, to get unstuck, to move past that overwhelm state into rational, smooth, coherent, complex, analytical thinking in order to move forward. There are three things that I have used, this little three-step process that I have used in these moments where I'm struggling to optimize my thinking and my mental computing process. And these three things dial down that sympathetic system. They decrease my sympathetic tone, get me calm, get me relaxed, and they increase my parasympathetic, parasympathetic tone, which then allows for more logical, wise, more option based analytical thinking. Okay, so let's dive into this process. So in order for you to be able to calm yourself down, and get in a state where you're going to make the best decision you possibly can. Here are three things that I do. They're very simple to do that allow me to put myself in the state to make the best decision. Okay, so the first one is low intensity movement, low intensity movement. So Andrew Huberman on his podcast, the Huberman lab, he says that there's this thing called optic flow that can decrease sympathetic system and increase the parasympathetic system by acting on a spot in your brain called the amygdala, which is the area that evaluates threats and danger. Okay. So this thing called optic flow that we can get by doing low intensity movement or exercise reduces the sympathetic system by telling the part of your brain that normally is like looking like constantly looking around for threats and danger, to calm down, to chill out. Everything's okay. So optic flow, what this is, it's the relative perspective of objects moving past you. Okay. That seems a little high level, a little spacey. So let's make this specific with the example. So optic flow is what happens when let's say you're walking down the street. And there's a tree down the street that you're walking toward. As you move toward that tree, right? The tree is obviously getting closer to you in both the real physical space as well as in your vision. So as your eyes continually readjust to that tree getting closer and closer and closer, that is called optic flow, right? It's the perception of an object moving toward you or you moving past an object, whichever way you want to think about that. And that motion, that relative movement of something past you is what is a trigger to your amygdala, to your brain, to calm down, to actually reduce the threats, it's okay, everything's good, and it'll put you in that parasympathetic state. Now, why something moving past you does that, I don't actually entirely know. I don't understand all the underpinnings of optic flow Maybe that'll be a discussion for another day. If we ever want to get actually into the weeds on that, but it is a calming stimulus to the brain. So things moving past you now, anything you, you can do anything to get this movement such as, um, walking, biking, maybe swimming. If you can see you're like the bottom of the lane, I I don't entirely know about swimming, um, running, kayaking, Um, Some people even say like driving in the car, right? So maybe that old thing of like people get in the car to go calm down, it might be the fact that things are moving past them and that is a stimulus to calm their amygdala and calm their brain, right? But low intensity movement is the first thing that you can use to calm stress, calm down your mind and increase that state of more awareness and rational thinking. So my favorite, which you will hear a million times if you listen to this podcast is walking when i need to make a decision i will get outside for a walk which leads us into the second piece the second part of this framework or process which is wide angle view so again andrew huberman says that a wide field of view can also decrease the sympathetic tone and increase the parasympathetic tone now this goes back to what we alluded to earlier, how when, you're, when the sympathetic tone fires, when you're stressed out, when there's danger, your field of view or focus narrows. Now it actually does this with your vision. Your eyes will actually um, is it dilate or constrict. I'm not entirely sure uh, which way it goes, but it essentially is you lose some of your peripheral vision. So right now, listen to this, you may be able to, you may be relaxed, and you may be able to, yes, see the thing that you're looking at. Like right now, I'm looking into my camera, that's my field of focus, but I can still see things around the other side of me in the room, right? But when you're stressed, when you're highly agitated, the sympathetic system is firing, many times you maybe not realize it in the moment, but you lose some of that peripheral vision and your eyes solely focus on what's right in front of you, okay? So what happens, though, typically when your field of view narrows and you engage the sympathetic system, this is happening from the inside out. Your body is, in, is releasing hormones like uh, adrenaline, epinephrine. It's uh, nervously stimulating organs, stimulating your eyes to move you more to that pinpoint, very narrow focus. But here's the interesting thing is we can actually reverse this with an outside-in strategy by placing ourselves in a location that has a wide angle field of view. So what research is indicating is that just like the stress response focuses you on a pinpoint, what's right in front of you, you can actually use with your environment, manipulate with your environment. If you get in a place with a wide open view, like let's say you're on top of a hill and you can see the whole horizon laid out in front of you. Or simply if you just get outside where there is a wider horizon and there aren't the walls of your house where it narrows your point of view, simply placing yourself in an environment where there is a horizon view or a wide angle focus can actually reverse dial down that sympathetic tone and increase the parasympathetic simply because it is a place that is basically forcing your sight to expand, to be able to take in the details. By putting yourself in a place with a wide, wider point of view, that actually will calm you down. Now, again, I like to walk, and I like to walk outside. And so this is the second piece. One, not only am I having things move past me, the optic flow, which is calming me down, but two, I'm outdoors, the angle of view is much wider, and that, again, is a st- uh, calming stimulus because it is forcing my body to look at a wider angle, which again, almost forces a parasympathetic or a calm, calmer state of my nervous system by dialing down the sympathetic. Now, one of my favorite ones, like getting outdoors, is getting up on mountains. I've always loved mountains and I've always felt like I could see life with a much clearer lens when I was out in the mountains, out climbing, out on top of a hill and this is why right so like watching a sunset at night is going to be a very very calming stimulus just from the point that you're looking at the horizon that calms you down okay i hope you're tracking this so we've talked about movement optic flow how that calms you we've talked about a wide angle point of view how looking at a horizon or a wider point of view also calms you down and puts you in this good rational analytical Deeply processing state. And the last one is nose breathing. Yeah, crazy things, right? We've talked about movement, we've talked about wide angle view, and now we're talking about breathing through our noses. Why does that matter versus breathing through our mouth? Well, I just finished a very fascinating book called uh, Breath by James Nestor. And he dug through, I mean, years of research and really centuries centuries, thousands of years of ancient practice, and discovered has discovered that breathing through your nose compared to your mouth generally increases the parasympathetic system and decreases sympathetic. Now, there are many ways why this may happen, but the number one way which most people seem to identify as why nose breathing calms you more than mouth breathing is that nose breathing creates deeper breaths into your abdominal, into your uh, entire body cavity. They move your diaphragm down. Your diaphragm is that big muscle that's below the lungs that actually is what makes you breathe. And the stimulation of your diaphragm, that muscle expanding and contracting, that stimulus actually increases parasympathetic tone and decreases sympathetic. So nose breathing makes your diaphragm move more trends to be deeper slower breaths and that increases the parasympathetic system and dials down your sympathetic now mouth breathing is the opposite typically when you mouth breathe you're going to breathe more shallow and it's going to be more up in your chest it's going to be your chest moving up and down and not your diaphragm and your belly kind of like how people talk about belly breathing that's diaphragm breathing. And typically when you breathe through your nose, it encourages that while breathing through your mouth is more hyperventilating chest breathing. And that increases the sympathetic system and decreases parasympathetic, right? Now, mouth breathing is not entirely bad. If you think about sprinting, CrossFit, something that you want to engage your sympathetic system and get you up and going, that's where again, mouth breathing can be great. It's not like the sympathetic system is always this terrible thing, totally has its point. However, many of us spend much more time in the sympathetic system than is ideal, and that's why these tactics to reduce sympathetic tone, increase parasympathetic, are so important. So nose breathing. Now let's tie this back into what I personally do. I go out for a walk, so I'm moving, getting optic flow. I'm outdoors. I always try to go outdoors for my walk, so I have a wider angle point of view. I'm also getting fresh air, getting sunlight, awesome things with that. And then finally, I'm breathing through my nose. Two years ago, three years ago, it was really hard. I found out I was a mouth breather, constantly, constantly mouth breathing. And sometimes I still trend that way more than I'd like. I taught myself to breathe through my nose. And the moment, it was very difficult at first. The first couple walks, the first couple runs were very, very difficult, very difficult. But I found that as I did it, I felt so much better. My brain felt so much clearer. My energy felt so much higher. I hundred. 100% cannot more highly recommend nose breathing when doing low level activity. So I go out for a walk, I go outside, and I breathe through my nose. Those three things all dial down my stress, dial down the feeling of like anxiety and nervousness and overwhelm and panic, typically is associated with the sympathetic system, and it increases feelings of calmness, feelings of um, greater wisdom. I can better think through all my options. I can see what I'm trying to do. I can think into the future. I can make more goal-oriented decisions. And I have found that when I do that, when I am feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, and stuck, trying to think through a problem, make a decision, or come up with some creative idea for work, I have found that if I just get outside, go for a walk and breathe through my nose for just five to 10 to 20 minutes. It is almost a magic potion for being able to make better decisions. Now I have done this last year. I've done this a lot. I've become an avid walker and I have made some of my best decisions while out walking. And I, uh, I think it's because of partly being able to put myself in a good parasympathetic state, which research has shown you can make the best creative, complex decisions and thinking possible. Okay. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that was clear enough. I tried to keep it a little bit high level, not go super deep into the weeds on the science, but it's also fun to understand why you're doing what you're doing and why it works. Right? Okay. So those are the three low intensity movement, something that increases optic flow get somewhere where your angle of view gets wider. Okay. The worst thing you can do is be on your cell phone, right? Your cell phone is a very narrow point of view. You're staring at a small thing and your focus is dialing into your phone. Put the phone down, look up, get somewhere. There's a wide angle view. Don't stress yourself out by staring at a small focal point, which is your phone. And then finally breathe through your nose. See if you can just breathe through your nose. Now, if you don't want to go outside, or if you're not in a place that it's safe to go outside, Something you can try too with no breathing is a just sit somewhere and just take some deep breaths through your nose. James Nestor recommended a protocol. He calls a four, seven, eight breath pattern. And what that is, it's a four count inhale into your nose, like four seconds in breathing into your nose. You'll hold that for seven seconds. And this isn't like a This is a soft hold. So you're just going to feel it in your lungs in your chest. You'll hold that breath for seven seconds and then you'll exhale slowly through your mouth over eight seconds. Okay. So breathe in your nose for four seconds, hold in your chest for seven seconds, exhale for eight seconds and repeat that four to seven times. And you will feel much more calm because that will also stimulate your parasympathetic system. Now. Finally, here's a bonus point, point number four. Now, this is a little bit of my own opinion, but this is something, <laughs> yes, this is definitely my own opinion based on my own experience. Okay, so here's the bonus. We're talking about making good decisions, thinking through complex things and solving mental problems. We've talked about how you can use walking, how you can use wide angle views and nose breathing to do so. Here's my bonus point, number four, and this is to ask people you trust and respect for perspective and input not to tell you what to do. Okay, so here's, here's, here's some of the mistakes I've made. And here's what I say, here's what I recommend to do with all my 30 years of, of expertise living life. First of all, just be intentional about who you ask, right? And I touched about this in a earlier podcast episode about being careful who we ask for nutrition advice, who we listen to, because every opinion, every person out there influences us at some level, right? And so being careful and being intentional in life to guard the inputs, things that we listen to, like the music we listen to, the shows we watch, the people we listen to, the material we read, the news we watch, right? Like how much social media we scroll. All those inputs influence us at some level. And so as individuals who want to be as influential as we possibly can, as people who want to have the greatest positive impact we can in life, it is important to just be intentional about who you listen to who you ask for advice if your friend right like like would you ask for relationship advice from the friend who is constantly in toxic relationships no you wouldn't right you'd go to the person that clearly has years ideally years of experience in a really healthy loving relationship right same thing here just be intentional about who you ask for advice and who you listen to and then secondly and this is the big point is I encourage you to ask for perspective and input, but don't ask people what to do exactly. Right? Like, what should I do? So here's the mistake I made for a lot of my twenties, which I'm excited to change in my thirties. I would often want my mentors to make the decision for me. I would ask them, what should I do here? And I would, I'm hoping that they would make the decision and sometimes they did. And sometimes it was good, but sometimes it wasn't because they don't, people don't from the outside don't always understand all the nuance of what we're struggling with. They don't necessarily understand our goals, our dreams, our desires, where we want our life to go. They will always answer from their own perspective, their own biases, their own goals, opinions, and direction. Their life is going isn't a bad thing because we all do it too, right? But so what I, what I encourage you to do is just simply ask, for a perspective, ask for input. Get a good outside perspective from someone you you admire, someone you respect, and then take their opinion, ponder it, compare it to your own core values, your own dreams, goals, and direction you're going, and then use their input to make your own decision versus just doing necessarily what they tell you verbatim, right? Think for yourself, take that perspective from someone you respect, but then make your own decision based on your own goals, values, and the impact you know you wanna create, the direction you know you wanna go in life. Okay, So that's the bonus one. That's my little 10 cents from 30 years of living on getting advice, perspective, or the opinions of other people and bringing those into my own decision-making processes. Okay, that's it. Wanted to keep this episode a little bit shorter think it's already like 30 minutes. So let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. What today what we covered was, I wanted to give you a three step framework, three simple, basically health things, health related actions you can do to improve your mental frameworks to improve your mindset, specifically in your ability to make really good decisions to solve mental problems or mental obstacles, whether that's in work, whether that's in life, Um, whatever decision direction you're trying to make and you're really struggling and fighting with it, you now have three things you can do that'll help reduce that sympathetic tone, reduce that fight or flight, just focused on one tiny thing, mindset, which allow you to think more calmly, see all your options, choose the best ones, allow you to think uh, logically, rationally, and analytically rather than make quick impulse decisions. And ultimately, ideally, Allow you to make those decisions that are in line with your goals or in line with your core values so that you can get out there and better pursue your purpose, maximize your impact, and live a deeply fulfilling, meaningful life, which is what this show is all about. If you found this show helpful, please, please, please just simply share it with a friend that you think would benefit from hearing the topic we talked about today, Mental frameworks and making decisions. Secondly, I know everyone says this and it's so worn out, but leaving reviews, subscribing to the show absolutely is a game changer. Now, I believe Apple podcasts is the only platform that allows you to leave reviews. If you aren't listening on Apple podcasts, even just messaging me on Instagram, like, Hey, here's what I would say here. Here's how I would review your show. This is what I found useful. I can use that to promote the show and other people will benefit from hearing your takeaways, how it's helped you, the ways it shifted the way you do your health routines, the way you think etc. massively helpful for growing this show and being able to create greater impact, which is one of my passions. And then yes, that gets into point number three, which is let me know, shoot me if you want to have, um, if you wanna give me feedback for how I can make the show better, right? Whether that's what I talk about, Um, technical aspects, like, hey, here's how we recommend you uh, like work on your sound or be more concise, like whatever it would be, whatever feedback you can give me to make this show better, make it more valuable to you, the listener. I very, very value that feedback, the best way to give me feedback to say, hey, here's some ideas for shows, here's ways we think you can improve, or just keep it up. Joe, we love what you're doing. We see you trying and we see you learning. Then hit me up on Instagram, shoot me a message there. My handle is it's Coach Joseph. That's it's Coach Joseph on Instagram. And I look forward to receiving all feedback and just talking science, talking health, and talking how we can make greater impact in our lives using simple systems. So thank you again for tuning in, guys. I will see you next week for another episode of the Optimize for Impact podcast.